It's Thursday, March 17th. Happy St. Patty's Day. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, he may be an agent, but he's certainly not free. <laughs> J.P. Shedrick. And welcome in. It is Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick with you. We've got a busy, busy show ahead of us. As always on Thursday, Jaguars analyst Jeff Lagerman will join us. Free agency frenzy. The Jaguars have signed seven new players. Many of them were in the building today. And one of them will join us on set at 415 here live. It's Brandon Scherf, the new guard for the Jaguars, five-time Pro Bowler, a first-team All-Pro back in 2020. He'll join us in about 15 minutes here on Jaguars Happy Hour. We'll hear some highlights from the press conferences today here at TIAA Bankfield. We'll go around the National Football League. Jeff Lagerman joins us now in Logs. The Jaguars just paid out 155 million guaranteed dollars among the big seven signings. Woo. How about that? A lot of money. A lot of cash. Well, and that's—I uh, I hate to say this, but I mean that's what you do when you haven't essentially been really good at what the lifeblood of the franchise is, which is drafting. And uh, and it was exactly what this organization needed to do. Because at some point, you need to change the culture. And part of changing the culture, it's not so much about mindset. Is it about getting better players? And in free agency, getting better players costs you money. That's just the reality of it. And I think they did a very good job of making sure that they addressed positions that they needed to address. Did they overpay? Yes. That's what you do in free agency. Well, we know. That's just the way it yeah, is. That's right. But the one thing I will say about the contractual status of all of these guys, for the most part, after two years, the risk is no longer. Uh, most of these deals are two-year deals. Would you like to see the players complete the deals? Yes, because that means that the player is playing to the level of the contract, and that's what you want to see. But if something doesn't work out, then it's not like you are going to be stuck with like an Ezekiel Elliott with the Cowboys right now who has a guaranteed contract that Ezekiel Elliott has not played to that level last year and is not expected to pay, play to that level this year. So from that standpoint, I like it. And around about that time is when, hopefully, if things go well, Trevor Lawrence's contract will start coming back around. And that, well, that kind of gives you the leeway. You're kind of looking well, at three, you the luxury, four years right? down the line. Yeah, right? that gives you the luxury because you have a quarterback on a rookie contract. That's now right. you hope that the quarterback gets to the point where you have to make tough decisions and you're going to have to pay him $50, 60000000 million a year. You know, which is, I think, 50, that's essentially a year. That's the going rate. I mean, mm. look at Aaron Rodgers' New Deal. I think, yeah. I think the new money average is sixty-one, sixty-two million dollars a year. Mm. And so, let's look down the road four years from now. That's what the going rate is. It's going to be at least that. Yeah, because the cap, in theory, could keep growing in and all theory, that too, right? When I mean, has it, it ever gone down, with the exception COVID of a COVID year? That's it. You're yeah, right. It, it just keeps <laughs> going up and up and up. So you, you have that luxury, um, and and I like the fact that they've addressed both sides of the ball. Most of the guys are, uh, you know, because Scherf is a little older, but for the most part, these guys are young. And when I say young, that they're they're approaching or are in their prime, and that's what you want in the free agent market. 
can you sprinkle in guys that might be a little bit older, a little longer in the tooth? Sure, absolutely. But those guys you typically want to try to acquire on shorter deals. But but I like the list. I, I love the addition of Scherf. Yes. A.J. Can. I wish him the best of luck with the Houston Texans. We'll see him twice a year Scherf now. is an upgrade. Okay? Fact. It will also help your right tackle position, whoever that ends up being. They said yesterday they still have confidence in Jawan Taylor there. Well, and I think the competition needs to exist for Jawan Taylor. I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. Jawan Taylor, I think, was a high pick for a reason, and I still think with with better coaching, he can become better. It's not like he's done improving, but competition makes everybody better. Even me and you, JP. Oh, we I compete mean, all the time. Absolutely. We and compete. I win most of those. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I, I don't know how. I, I, With a microphone, you win all the time. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> so let's but, go through. But Christian Kirk, let me just say something yeah. about him because he's kind of he's kind of that cherry on the top of this of this free agent class. $37 million guaranteed to him. And that's the most money out of all of these guys. There's been a lot of little criticism online about that. Which, that happens because criticism happens every year when you start talking about free agent classes and you talk about guys that may not be at the top of their position, but when they hit free agency, they set the new market. And for wide receivers around the league that may be upset that they may be better than Christian Kirk that are upset, wait a minute, hey guys, slow down (laughs) because the Christian Kirks of the National Football League are good for your business. Because if you are a better wide receiver than him, when you do get to the opportunity to be on the market, your price will start yeah. at where Christian Kirk ended up. I was going to say, you better send him a fruit basket or something, a thank you card. Uh, but I remember pre- uh, preparing for the Arizona Cardinals game. And it was A.J. Green and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins and, and Fitz. And, and who? Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald, who, you know, obviously wasn't is not the same player that he was right. younger. But Christian Kirk, when you watch the film, great weapon. And I I believe, and in my opinion, he was the most explosive player that they had in the wide receiving core with the Arizona Cardinals. And I think it's going to be exciting to watch, uh, to see where they play him. And I know that Doug Peterson talked about they're going to play him anywhere and everywhere, depending on matchups. Not just a slot. And that's a good thing. And uh, the, the more weapons you have, the better off you are. Let's hear from Christian Kirk today. He spoke with the media here at TIA Bank Field. And a lot of thanks to go around. Just wanted to say, uh, you know, thank you to Mr. Khan, uh, Mr. Balky, uh, Coach Peterson, and the Jacksonville Jaguars organization for um, – giving me the opportunity to be here. Um, I'm super excited to get to work, and it just uh, feels great to be, you know, a part of an organization that uh, has shown so much interest in, you know, my potential, my ability uh, to be able to come here and, uh, you know, be a part of this organization. So just want to say that uh, I'm ready to get to work. And not the only receiver signed by the Jaguars, of course. Zay Jones comes in from the Las Vegas Raiders. He's out of East Carolina originally, was with the Bills, was a second-round pick, and then moved over to the Oakland Raiders and then went on the move to Las Vegas with the organization as well. He played in that 17 playoff game, the wild-card game here in Jacksonville with the Bills. Uh, That was the last time he stepped foot in the stadium until today, in fact. And then, of course, played the Jaguars in uh, the Raiders' final game in Oakland. The Jaguars won that game as well. But um, 
we heard from Zay Jones today as well and what he could bring and what the culture could be here in Jacksonville. I believe in it. Um, I think it's a, I've talked to some other players that have been with, with Doug and, and these guys, and they've told me a little bit about the offense and like how it works and, and schematically and things like that. But I just had to take their word for it, do my own research and things like that. But um, it's a great team, young quarterback who, who to me looks very, very promising and very good. And I believe in, and, you know, I want to be a part of something that's, that's building towards the future. And, Ultimately, yeah, just my heart. I was like, yeah, this is the place I want to go. Yeah, so Zay Jones coming in. What do you like about his game? I think he adds competition to that positional group, and that's what you needed. And I know that uh, there's a a lot of confidence in the guys that were already in that room as far as the younger players that they have and can they continue to develop – and that's great. And But you can't be overconfident in a room to the point where you stop adding guys to a room. And I, I think the, the running back room, to give you another example, they didn't address it in free agency, but I really believe that that's going to be addressed in the draft because you feel good about the two guys that you have, but they're coming off of injuries. And, and again, you, you can't ever stop adding to the room. Competition makes everybody better. And I think that Zay Jones is going to come in. He's going to compete. He's got a little bit more size than Christian Kirk, which a lot of people might find that surprising. And uh, and he's a very fast guy. So the, the faster players, uh, the more speed that you can get on the field for a young quarterback, the better off that you're going to be. And I, I think it's going to be fun to watch the competition at wide receiver because think about it now. Uh, there's a lot of guys that are going to be fighting for one ball. There's only one ball that they <laughs> yeah. play with on the field. <laughs> right. right. And then you throw in the tight ends in the mix as well. Yeah, Evan Ingram, you know, comes from the Giants, was widely thought to, to be one of these kind of the new tight ends. And, and look, it's, it's no uh, secret that the Giants have had quarterback issues ever since the departure of Eli Manning. Uh, they tried to address it with Daniel Jones. It hasn't quite worked out yet. And uh, But yet Evan Ingram still has caught a lot of balls. And with an offense and a football team that hasn't been very good. And I, uh, the one thing about him, I will say, is that he's not a real big guy. He's a move tight end, okay? He's a, tr- he's a true move tight end. But you, you pair him with Dan Arnold, and now you have two tight ends that are going to have and create interesting matchups for defenses to contend with. I look forward to watching that. We'll come back in a moment. Uh, Brandon Scherf, one of the other offensive additions. I would say one of the biggest offensive additions. This guy's massive. Physically, yes. He's, he's going to join us here in studio. Yeah, he's a, he's a good football player. He's been real steady. Uh, hurt a little bit the last couple years. But when, he is, when he's healthy, he is uh, by far, I think, one of the best right guards in football. We'll get in his head when we come back here in studio. A little later, we'll hear more highlights from the defensive free agents added by the Jaguars. We are off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. It's heading in the right direction, and it's something that we had to – you know, take a strong, hard look at, you know, obviously to protect the quarterback, protect Trevor, and, and, and not so much in the passing game, but also the ability to run the football. You know, we feel like the running back room, when healthy, is, is a dynamic group. We feel like the tight ends are a dynamic group, and they're all part of the run game 
you know, as well. So, you know, we took some really good uh, steps forward in that direction um, with with keeping keeping Cam, Cam and mm-hmm. and obviously getting getting uh, you know Brandon Scherf and you got Juwan, you got Walker Little. I mean, we got guys Shatley back. So, you know, there's guys there now that we're putting the pieces together, and we still have you know the ability in the draft to to add some more depth and add some more value at that position. That is Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson on Jags drive time yesterday, and welcome back to Jaguars happy hour on a Thursday afternoon. JP Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman and. Jaguars guard Brandon Sheriff joining us in studio. It's good to see you, man. Thanks for the time. I know you're running around the whirlwind today, and uh, thanks for taking some time out. You bet. Appreciate you having me. So, All right, so we, we got to start with the pronunciation because yeah. everybody, you know, I want to make sure that Duval gets it right. I okay? don't care. Call me whatever you okay. want. Okay, <laughs> just think of that there's a new sheriff in town. Without the eye, yeah. Okay, sheriff, right? Yeah, I like that. Okay. Yeah. See, you have a way with words. It's Lugs. an easy way to remember it because, I, I mean. The sheriff, whatever. Yeah. Oh, Hold song, it. Yeah. Yeah, see? Yeah. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Well, welcome to Jacksonville. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you uh, uh, Iowa guy, born and raised, right? Yep, born and raised. You know Brad Meester? Yep, I well know the name. Yeah, it's okay. Been here Long time times, Jaguar, so. you yep. know that. So uh, a Northern Iowa guy, right. though, didn't go to yeah, the yeah he wasn't an Iowa guy. But yeah. uh, Aaron Campman was here, you yep. know, obviously for a little bit of C. time. C.J. Bethard played C. with C. you. C.J. Bethard, uh, and then I just saw Mackay Sargent from Iowa, yeah. right? So. We're oh, getting there, good. yeah. Hawkeyes all over. That's right. So a uh, free agent <clears throat> process, is this the first time that you actually ever got into free agency yep. as, a, as a pro? Yep. What uh, What was the experience like for you? Uh, you know, I worked out on, uh, let's see, Monday, and uh, my agent called me a couple times, and uh, he said, I'll do all the negotiating and uh, just, uh, just sit by your phone. And he says, we agreed to terms. Congratulations. So... We're excited. Isn't that crazy it's how crazy. that is? I mean, it's just all of a sudden. I mean, back in the day, there used to be a, a at least a little bit of a period of time where they'd fly in and they'd wine and dine you. And you know, nowadays, it's like just like the draft. You know, yeah, that's what you bam. did. You have your, you know, your official not your official visits, but your visits, and you go wine and dine with the coaches and have your top five or whatever that you think you're going to go to, and you go to somebody absolutely completely different. So yeah, we, we, uh, Brandon and I were talk kind of kind of chuckling because. Uh, Brandon has done a charity event up in Iowa, which is called Aiming for a Cure, which yep. I actually have done a couple different times. And we had a mutual friend who recently passed away, Mr. Tim Anderson of Mossy Oak. And uh, and Brandon played with the Redskins. I grew up in Sterling, Virginia, which uh, growing up as a kid, that's where the Redskins training facility was located at. Well, yep. Now it's in Ashburn, Virginia, Correct. which is where I lived at for a period of time when I was playing with the Jets. So we have a little bit of a connection there. But uh, how was your time in Washington? Oh, it was great. You know, I met a lot of great people. I got coached by uh, a lot of great coaches. And uh, those are, you know, members that are going to last forever for me. So, you know, taking a small kid out of Iowa to go to big D.C., you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. So I appreciate everybody that, you know, made an impact on my life. All the coaches, uh, Coach Gruden is one that drafted me. Coach Callahan, uh, Coach Phil, uh, Coach Rivera, Coach Matsko, Coach Travell. You know, I had some amazing coaches, so I'm, I'm grateful for, for all of them. Doug Peterson yesterday talked about um, when, when they were signing you, they wanted you in here as part of this culture build. What does that mean to you, a culture build? I mean, I, I spoke on, on a little bit earlier. I think it's just, uh, just doing it, everything the right way. Um, you know, I think uh, – you know, my dad instilled that in me, and then coming into Iowa, you know, Coach Ferentz, uh, Coach Doyle was our strength coach, and then Coach Ray was the assistant strength coach there. Reese Morgan just uh, laid the foundation on how to be be a man and how to practice and how to how to conduct yourself inside and outside of football. Um, so I, I think it's just a compliment that you're doing everything the right way, and people see that. So, uh, you know, that's one of the goals that I've ever had in my life is to just um, lead the way that 
um, people can look up to you and, you know, just kind of you're doing the right thing. So they appreciate that. And, and part of being a leader is wearing the C, captain right. of, of a football team. And you were a captain with the Redskins. How many years were you a captain for the Redskins? And were you a captain in Iowa? Uh Three years, uh, and then I don't think they had captains. I think they just picked one. But at, yes, I was. I went at Iowa. There, yes, at Iowa. Yep. Yeah, coach appointed. Yes, game day captains. Yep. I hate when they do that. <laughs> Coughlin <laughs> used to do up. that here in early days. He'd pick captains. He would never actually have anybody a named captain. Yeah. Sure, but whatever. But congratulations on on the contract. Congratulations on being a Jaguar. And uh, I know that the first time that I got to free agency, it was in about year seven. And it's different, you know, yeah, yeah, you're, you're seven for you. And so it's, uh, it's fun and it's exciting. And I think the one thing that it did for me, and and I don't know if you need the same thing or not, but it it kind of re-energized me as a player because where I came from, we didn't win a lot. And, uh, and I know you have the struggles in Washington, but also now the new environment, the new teammates might kind of make things new and fun again. Right. You know, I had, like I said, I had a blast in, uh, in Washington and I, you know, some of my, most favorite memories are just hanging out at the house. You know, I, say, I always speak about OTAs being one of my favorite uh, favorite parts of the season because that's where you get to really figure out who your teammates are, you know, just not as football players, but, you know, you get to see their families, their wives, their girlfriends, their kids. So you get a, you know, I always say Corey Lichtensteiger was my center. We'd have a race from OTAs to his house because the girls would be out at the pool, kids would be running around, and then we'd just play volleyball, <laughs> offense versus defense for – 10 hours, you know, and that was what everybody looked forward to. It was a race to Corey's house. Right. So just just doing that, and then, you know, we'd have game nights at our house with whoever wanted to come. Last year we had, oh, I don't know, 40 people over for Thanksgiving at our house last year. So we had uh, Logan Thomas and all the O-line help pitching for uh, a meal. So we catered a meal in for That's families. That's a lot of cooking, and, I was going to say. And all I'm, that. I'm available if you guys need yeah, an extra. Cooking. You know, I can take a plate. Oh, I thought you were going to say no. you are going to pay for it. No, no, oh. no, how about that? No, I don't know about that. Um, so – what do you know about the group now? The the offensive line coming in that you're you're coming into, and this offense as a whole. There's some new pieces coming right now. You got a young quarterback. Yep. What do you know about this offense? Uh, Trevor's a heck of a quarterback. It's gonna be an honor, uh, you know, protecting him, just doing our job for him, so he can do it for, uh, so he can do his job and not have to worry about people up front. Um, o line. Uh, you know, I was with Coach Phil for two years, so I knew him pretty well. Uh, he's a great coach, and I'm excited to meet all the guys. I know we got some hunter and fishermen out there, so I'm anxious to to bond that way. And Uh-oh. yeah, amen to that. The head so, coach is actually a hunter. I know we just talked about too. that. Too. I figured you did. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. How we didn't talk any football. It was all hunting and fishing. So oh lord, that's all right. That's well, all right. Well, and look, I, I know that uh, they're still working through some things with Brandon Leonard, but you guys are you two guys are cut from the same cloth, and then I hopefully. Things work out with Brandon Leonard. He's a good football player, yep. and, you'll, and you'll absolutely love hanging out with him because, I mean, he loves doing the things that you do, the hunting and the fishing that's, thing. Yeah, so. that's what a couple of my buddies said. He says exact same thing. He says, if you get to meet him, boy, you guys are going to be like brothers. You'll so. catch a lot more fish, I can tell you that. Yeah, amen to that. <laughs> All right, so quick question. Uh, Shenandoah Valley Sportsman, yep. which is the hat. What is that? Oh, it's just the hat I picked, but it's one of the preserves that I went to in uh, uh, Virginia, Shenandoah Valley in West Virginia. So I got two German short hair pointers. Uh, If we had an off day or we played a Thursday night game, I'd go get treatment. And then we'd have the off day. So I'd take my dogs and a couple guys out and just go pheasant hunt for a little bit. German short hair pointers, right? 
Yep. All right. Well, we got a great, great quail hunting down here. Awesome. Yeah. So that's going to be right up your dog's alley. Absolutely. Mm. I think we're going to have some nice conversations ahead of us Uh-oh. with Brandon here. I mean, uh, some hunting. Uh, there's he does he hosts an outdoor show too. By yeah. The way. Yeah. Sponsored by Bushlight or what? Well, no. <laughs> we, 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 Not yet. You can, you can help us out in that I category. I did right Brandon. there. I tried. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Bushlight. I don't know how to bushlight. I do. I'll take it all. <laughs> so all right, here we go. You signed today uh, what's coming up the next few weeks off-season programs ahead what are your plans for the next few months here uh go back home tomorrow for that aiming for a cure banquet on saturday we got a, a trap shoot pheasant hunt all that um hang out with the family enjoy life uh try to find a house out here figure out where we want to be um and just honestly just enjoy it you know enjoy the process enjoy you know meeting your new teammates and, and bonding with them and then getting ready to go yeah, that's uh, that. That's always an exciting process, and uh, and you got to get moved down here now. You got to establish residency so you can take advantage of this tax-free state that True. we live in here in the state of Florida. Yep. So from a, from a financial standpoint, don't waste any time now. That's right. Get your license switched over. Get your residence established. You know, got to got got to save that money, Brandon. That's right. Trying to guide him. See, over. you're good. Yeah, you've done this yeah, a time I've done or two. Before. You've yeah, done but it if a you establish residence, you can't hunt in Iowa because I'm not a resident in Iowa. Oh. Then I lose yeah, all see, that's the one thing that's crazy. And me and him can have a whole conversation about this. That even if you're a landowner in Iowa, if you don't live in that state, that doesn't that's guarantee you the right deer to hunt in America. Land. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Which Did not crazy. know that. But yeah, which is crazy. Which uh, Iowa okay. keeps out the riffraff like Lagerman well, coming up true. there and that's taking all your deer. Iowa and Illinois. Yeah. Uh, are probably the two biggest deer hunting states for guys that are just, I mean, just crazy outdoorsmen. But yep. anyway, I, I get what you're saying. That's all right. So plenty of time for that uh, discussion. Congratulations. Thank you for taking the time with us today. It's Appreciate good to meet you, man. You bet. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Brandon. Yeah, Brandon Sheriff, the new Jaguars guard and free agency joining us here in studio up ahead. We'll hear from some of the defensive players who have signed. They met with the media today as well. And you and your guests are invited to enjoy Daly's Place like the stars on Thursday, March 24th on stage with a live band, catering, drinks, and valet parking. Discuss your 2022 VIP Daly's Place options. Email ticketing at boldevents.com for more information. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars. You know, we went into it with the, the idea of getting better at all three levels on the defensive side. We were able to do that, get more explosive, get more playmakers on the offensive side, get bigger and more phys- physical up front. Uh, we were, and we felt we were able to address those needs. That's General Manager Trent Balky on Jags Drive Time yesterday on Jaguars.com. And welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday on 1010 XL AM. And Jaguar's social media, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, we're all over the place. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman, Brandon Sheriff, the Jaguar's new right guard, $30 million guaranteed dollars. That'll, um, that'll play. And uh, five Pro Bowls in seven seasons. An All-Pro, first-team All-Pro two years ago with Washington. And the first time out free, here he is with a lot of money coming his way. And, you know, as Doug Peterson said on the show yesterday, yeah, he's here to establish the culture, and, and that's the culture you want. You want success at your position. You want Pro Bowls. You want winning f- offense and winning organizations, and, and he knows what that what that should be like. 
Well, and, and one of the things I brought up with Brandon here was about him being a captain. And when you talk about changing the culture, first of all, the player has to be good, but then they have to be, I mean, true professionals and that they do things the right way. And, and look, they just don't give out C's uh, willy-nilly in the that's National right. Football League. And so it, uh, uh, that's the kind of character guy that you want to have when you, are, when you are trying to change the direction of a franchise. He's a really good football player. He is. Uh, he's athletic. Then he's more athletic than a lot of guards, and I think that's the one thing that stands out about the way he plays, and that's one of the reasons why he's been uh, receiving the accolades as far as the Pro Bowls, the All Pros, and things of that nature because he is very athletic. Uh, but he's athletic and he's strong, so he's a really good football player. He definitely helps his football team, and for for a team that has a young quarterback that's going to want to establish the running game a little bit to help a young quarterback. And then also protect a young quarterback. Brandon Sheriff is the guy that you want. And uh, and I'm excited to have him because that's the type of guy that you need to add to this offense. you got to protect your quarterback, and you got to make things easier on him by running the football. Let's stay on the offensive line. There was some news yesterday as Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson met with the writers and the media here at TIAA Bank Field, and he was, they were asked about Cam Robinson. He's had the franchise tag placed on him. He has not signed the tender, but news came out yesterday that they are working on a long-term deal with Cam Robinson at left tackle. They still have confidence in Jawan Taylor. We mentioned that earlier at right tackle. They've got mm -hmm. Walker Little who can move around and do some things. So the future and what, what's going to happen with Brandon Linder came up yesterday as well because he has no dead money on his contract in the, in the last year of his deal coming up, $9.5 million. Could they be working through something? It sounds like they might be. So what does this thing look like at the end of the day? Well, I was there yesterday, and so I got to hear all oh, the different – Yeah, I was there, and so I got to hear all the comments. And, and uh, I thought the, the story that and the comments that uh, – General Manager Trent Baalke made about Cam Robinson, I think were very revealing. And he talked about, hey, look, you know, Cam Robinson's a guy who loves football. You know, he's out there in practice and he might turn an ankle. He goes and tapes it up and then he gets right back in. He doesn't miss any anything in practice. Well, okay, well, then he, he tears a ligament tendon in his thumb and he tapes it up and he, and he finishes, doesn't miss any time. I mean, that's – you know, that's the one thing I've always said about Cam. I love the way he plays the game, and he, and he finishes and everything. Sometimes he, he'd like to have him with his footwork be more clean at the left side. I still believe that he would be a phenomenal right tackle just because he has that attitude. Uh, but where is he at as far as left tackles? Um, he's probably middle of the road. Okay, middle of the road in the National Football League. Would you like to be able to lock up a middle of the road type player? Look, you, you can't have everybody that's, you know, top five at their position in the National Football League. But if somebody's not in the top five, you want to make, make sure that whoever that person is has other traits that are highly desirable. Toughness, loves ball, physical, finishes. And that's what Cam Robinson has. And, and I'm going to say this again because – I believe that there are some players on this offensive line because I said it last year and I said it the year before, but I did not see a lot of improvement. I still believe that this offensive line is not old enough to, to lose the improvement from year to year. In other words, I think with the proper coaching, Cam Robinson can be better than just a, a middle-of-the-road left tackle, which is fine. I believe that right tackle Juwan Taylor can be better. But I think he needs more competition. Look, competition makes everybody better. 
bring in more competition for everybody, and that helps solve a lot of the problems, and it makes players more coachable. But, uh, but yeah, the, the, the comments about Cam Robinson, the backing of Jawan Taylor, yeah. and, and that backing was very firm, and it wasn't wavering. And, uh, but I meant my opinion is, is that you've got to create competition on that offensive line, and I think at right tackle it would be good. You think Linder will um, they'll figure something out longer with him? Well, they said they're still working through that, okay? The, the, the salary that he was projected to receive this year was nine-ish nine, million, okay? Nine and a half, yeah. The reality is, is that Brandon has been hurt for the last number of years. He's had one complete season in the last four or five years. What does that tell you? Availability supersedes ability every time. And when a player can't be available on a every week basis, that that lowers your value. That's a fact. That cannot be disputed. So, is there a a comfortable range that the team would like to bring Brandon Linder back at? Sure, sure. Uh, and I will tell you this: Brandon wears the C too. Okay, yes, he does. Brandon Linder is the kind of guy that you want to keep on a on a football team because. Two reasons. One, he's a good guy and he does things the right way. And he's a good football player when he's on the field. Okay, so there's I hope that there is a way that they can find a common ground. Because if they can't find a common ground here, there's a couple options for Brandon. One is is that he goes to another team. Brandon loves Jacksonville. Okay. He loves the outdoors. He loves uh, this football team, he's been committed to this football team. He was completely bought in every year, and it's given everything his all. And so he either continues to play for this team, goes and plays for another team, or he retires. I don't know if that's even an option uh, for him. But I hope that they can find a way to make it work because when he's on the field, he's a good football player. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. We continue with a recap of the free agent signings for the Jacksonville Jaguars. A number of them are in the building today, signing the contract, making the rounds, taking the tour, meeting with the media. Let's move to the defensive side of the football now and hear from some of these guys today. And uh, we got to hear from Foyer Oluokun, who is a linebacker from the Atlanta Falcons and he led the league in tackles last year, 193 tackles a season ago. What does he bring to this Jaguars defense? I think there's a lot of upside to this organization. Uh, at the end of the day, these guys, you know, definitely put a lot of trust in me. Uh, that's why they came in and got me in free agency. And I just want to bring, you know, I definitely work hard. I definitely bring a lot of, you know, intelligence and um, to the defense and really just trying to bring people along with me is what I talked about a lot today with some of the coaches. So, uh, get everybody on that kind of hard, hard-working mentality. Kind of have, a, you know, some grit, chip on the shoulder, and uh, being able to grind and work to get better every day, uh, get more wins here. Foyer Lukan was a sixth-round pick, a Yale guy a, out of Yale. Yes, <laughs> powerhouse. <laughs> That's right, football powerhouse of Yale. And then worked his way up. He was, he said today, he was kind of a safety, kind of a slot coverage type guy, and then moved over to linebacker once he got in the NFL and. Now he's built his way up into into this contract, twenty eight million guaranteed dollars coming Foyer's way, but um, led the league in tackles a year ago. Miles Jack is gone now. That saved the Jaguars. You remember the conversation we had a few yeah. weeks ago? We were comparing 
uh, Damian Wilson's stats to Miles Jack's stats. That, Remember right? when we talked about yes. that? And I said, look, I said, the reality yes. is, is that Miles Jack is making a ton of money, whereas uh, Damian Wilson came in here on a one-year, couple-million-dollar contract, and so something's got to give, right? Well, no, Miles Jack gave. goes. Yeah. And uh, and then you bring in Lukon, and, and he's a good football player. And a lot of those categories that we talked about that Miles didn't fill, the tackles for losses, the sacks, the passes defensed over the last two years, this young man has been able to uh, to really – uh, put some serious numbers up in those categories and, and the number of tackles that he makes. I mean, he's active as anybody at the position in the league. And and I think now you, you've got to start, okay, do do you fill the other position? Is there a chance that they could bring a Damian Wilson back? Is there a chance that they fill that position from the current room that's under contract? Or do they look in the draft to maybe – Add to that position in the draft, and but uh, but they definitely need more than just one linebacker, obviously, because this is a, a two linebacker game. Especially when when you get the nickel, you got to have two guys that can really play in space. Uh, but interesting, don't, that, don't forget Dylan Moses either. He's healthy and ready to go. They say, yeah, I mean, it's a long time away though. Yeah, and that's that's uh, you know basically one year completely away from football. He's got a serious knee injury. Is that something that is going to be problematic? Is uh, on an on an every year type of thing? I don't know. I mean, that's a it's a great question, JP, because Dylan Moses was supposedly a first round talent that obviously didn't get drafted in the first round because of injury concerns can can he be that type of a guy that would surprise you that'd be awesome look i'm all i'm all for you get undrafted guys and then you get six round picks that start turning into some really good football players for an organization that's awesome but because you know the reality is look at some of these free agents that you're signing Okay, Luke Khan is a six-round pick. Yes. Fadokasi was a six-round pick. Yes. And then uh, Darius Williams was an undrafted guy. Yes, he was. You know, so it, it would be great if you could find some of those guys, right, uh, on your own because then, man, you talk about taking your football team to the next level because, as I've said before, the draft and finding young talent, that's the lifeblood of every franchise. Let's hear from Foley Farukasi from the New York Jets, another former sixth-round pick. He's out of UConn, though, a noted run stopper, one of eight players with 15 or more run stuffs and 15 or more quarterback pressures last season alone. Some big names on that list as well. And earlier today, Foley on why he chose Jacksonville. Really, this just came down to someone believing in me. Um Someone saw something in me. They saw something about my ability, um, and they took a chance on me. And I'm always grateful for people that just just gives me a chance because all you need is one person to believe in you, and um, that's what made me come here. It's a blessing. You know, you, you put in a lot of time and effort and um, literal blood, sweat, and tears to get to this point, and, you know, I, I can only thank God for it. But um, now that I'm here at this point, it's all about, what more could I do? You know what I mean? How much more could we inspire each other? How much more could we motivate one another? Foley Farukasi was a sixth-round draft pick. His rookie season, he was the inactive guy most of the season. He played in like one game for the Jets, and as the years went on, found his way into a role there and uh, found a way into that, as you mentioned, Logs, that C on his chest that we just saw if you're watching on Jaguars.com, and now a big free agent contract. Yeah, that's uh... – yeah, we, there, there's a trend here, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. When, <laughs> when coach and general manager emphasize and stress 
all about culture change, then you, you do that with people that can do that. And again, a guy that wore the sea on his chest in New York, Fadakasi, you know, captain of the New York Jets football team, good football player, plays hard, plays every down hard. Is he a, a great pass rusher? No. Is he a pocket pusher? Absolutely. This football team, at some point, you got to find dominant pass rushers. Many people are talking about Aiden Hutchinson, first overall pick. Could he be the guy? You know, that's we'll have to wait and find out. I mean, everything kind of is leaning <laughs> towards that way. The All way signs that point to yes. Yeah, when you kind of seeing what they've done in free agency, but at the same token, the outside edge position is not what needs to just be addressed. Also. Uh, the three technique interior pass rusher. If you can try to find a way to add another guy on the inside, and uh, to to help the, with the inside push, I think because Fadakasi is going to give you some good push. But do you have somebody that can give you numbers from the inside? And again, you've got 12 draft picks coming up to be able to address some of those positional needs as well. So you don't have to do it all in free agency. But uh, but I like the acquisition of, of Fadakasi, and I remembered him very well because. Now, he was a team captain with the Jets, and he was one of the most challenging names to pronounce when you start doing your game boards. Yeah, right. He's, I mean, I remembered his name because I was like, okay, how are we going to pronounce this one? I know Baselli's going to butcher it, okay, <laughs> but let me make sure that I get it right. <laughs> but I remembered it, Fadukasi. I was like, ah, Fadukasi. And he has a brother who uh, was at Rutgers and did, actually tapped out of the Gator Bowl to get ready for the NFL draft, outside linebacker type, who was living with him in, in Jersey and the whole thing. So uh, we'll see if he makes it to the NFL uh, in the NFL draft coming up. Uh, one other name signed, or not signed yet, agreed to terms. He's apparently arriving tomorrow to sign, and it is Jacksonville area native cornerback Darius Williams out of Creekside High School in St. Mm -hmm. John's. And this guy's story is incredible. He's 29 years old. He went to Creekside, of course, was at UAB. They canceled the program, had to come back home, was working at like at Ace Hardware for a little while. Went to FSCJ, took some classes. UAB's program came back. He went back to Birmingham and played for the Blazers and was an undrafted player, worked his way up, uh, moved over to the Rams. He was picked up by the Ravens right out uh, after the draft. They cut him in October. He went to the Rams for the last four years. And opposite Jalen Ramsey, he gets a lot of action in L.A., and all of a sudden he's coming back home, which is an amazing story of how his career took the scenic route to get here. And I, I, I think that guys that have that kind of a story I think are special because the guys that have a story like that develop a work ethic that can be incomparable to anybody else because they had to pay their dues, they had to work, the extra hours to be able to get to where they are. And I think that's really unique. And when, when you add guys to a locker room that, that have had that kind of traveled road, I think it makes your locker room better because that kind of work ethic can rub off on other guys. And I've always said this and that, you know, sometimes you find the first-round picks that have incredible work ethics, and there's a reason why they were a first-round pick. And then there are others that are first-round picks because they have just a God-given ability. God has blessed them with incredible traits. And then you have the guys that have had to work and work and work. And some reason, and some of them had to work and work and work because they were late bloomers. 
And those are the ones that developed the better work ethic. And then eventually the talent started to show and started to develop. And I, and I think that's a great story. And I think that that kind of a guy that you can add to the locker room, again, we talk about this culture change. Okay, I keep using that word because that, that means something for, for this year. I mean, that needs to be the focal point for this football team, culture change, bringing in captains, bringing in guys that have strong worth ethics, bringing in guys that can bring something to a locker room to elevate other guys. That's what this football team needs, and that's what this coaching staff needs. And from judging the free agent class as a whole, it looks like they've addressed that very well. We'll return in a moment with a look around the National Football League. The Jaguars are one of the busiest teams, but some other teams are getting some big-time acquisitions as well in free agency. We are only a day into the 2022 NFL League year. A look around the league when we come back on Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. If you're watching us on Jaguars.com, Jaguars Twitter, Jaguars Facebook, Jaguars YouTube, the Jaguars media web, if you will, you're watching a live look at the construction footprint for the Football Performance Center. Scheduled to open in 2023 just outside TIAA Bank Field. They have moved a lot of dirt. They are pouring some concrete. The uh, footprint has expanded over the last uh, week or so, it looks like. Um, they're, you know, they're doing some construction things, which is good. It's Where, a good step. Where's the football fields? Uh, they're not. They're, they're covered in dirt now. <laughs> so, yeah. So they got to figure that out. Of course, off-season programs coming up in April. It might be a combination of the game field, the indoor right now, and then uh, we'll see what happens come training camp and all that. But, um, hey, it's 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 off and running, which is good news. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Our thanks to Brandon Sheriff and uh, for joining us here in studio, the, the new Jaguars right guard. Yeah, I wanted to kind of say that again because I wanted to make sure that everybody pronounces his name right because uh, I don't think there's anything worse than, than coming to a new place and then hear people mispronounce your name. we got an all-name free agency class, I'll say that. Yeah, it's, it's, that. A, it's a little different, but he, as he said, he said, think of Sheriff. Yeah. I shot the Sheriff. Yeah. And I said, there's a new Sheriff in town. Right. Okay. There's yes. no I in his name. Thank you. But it's pronounced as if it, there is. So, Sheriff. Thank you a lot. I like it. Very good. I just want to make sure that people get it right. What are the other two? Trust me, when you grew up with a name like Lagerman, <laughs> okay, and you've heard that name mispronounced as many times as I have, yeah. you'd like to have your name pronounced Let's correctly. Let's go through the other ones. Foley Fadukasi. Uh, Foley Fadukasi. And Foye Aluakon. Foye Aluakon. Yeah. A good football player. Okay, Christian Kirk. Thank you. Christian that's Kirk. That's a tough one. It's a tough one to get. <laughs> Darius Williams. Zay Jones. Tongue twister. I don't know about that one. Did I get that one right, Darius I Williams? Geez, I don't know. We'll find out tomorrow when he Evan has Ingram. to pronounce his name for everybody. All right, let's go around the National Football League. Let's do that. The free agency frenzy continues. It's been crazy. But not really with a, a player that's a free agent yet. Uh, Deshaun Watson has been meeting with teams. The Browns are out now. He met with the Falcons earlier this week. The Panthers and Saints were in the mix. There was word earlier today that he might have a decision by today, this afternoon. I haven't seen it yet. If it pops in the next eight minutes, we'll give it to you. But uh, Deshaun Watson all of a sudden is holding the cards. Well, and I said this to you kind of off the air. 
It's a crazy year in the National Football League here at the start of free agency, and it, it, it involves the quarterbacks, and this really is the first time ever in free agency that quarterback has been as hot of a topic and as a hot of a position in free agency. And I don't, wouldn't, wouldn't really call it free agency because Deshaun Watson is not a free agent. But the trades, Russell Wilson, uh, what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, the question marks there. And here we are talking about Deshaun Watson, which could and is going to set off a domino effect. It could be for Matt Ryan. Uh, it could mean something for Jameis Winston. If because uh, Jameis Winston, if if all of a sudden they signed to Sean Watson, that's that's not the place in New Orleans now for a Jameis Winston. Uh, but I don't see Deshaun Watson being embraced in Carolina. I, I think he would have a better chance of being embraced in either Atlanta, which is his hometown, or New Orleans. And, uh, and that's all in his control because he has a no-trade clause. He has to okay where he is traded to. And then at that point, the terms have to be agreed upon with the Houston Texans. And then, of course, if it's Atlanta. And by the way, Deshaun Watson was a ball boy for the Falcons when he was growing up just outside of Atlanta. Uh, true story. Jimmy Luck was there, the equipment manager. And, and uh, Deshaun Watson was uh, working during training camp with the team. So... If it's Atlanta, they have a former MVP quarterback that's still on the roster, Matt Ryan. Yeah, they got to figure that out. Yeah, but and, and here's what they have to figure out. They have to figure out a way to clear the cap number that Matt Ryan represents yeah. to to have the room yeah. to bring in a Deshaun Watson. And clearly they can make it happen. Otherwise, they wouldn't be having the conversations. But Matt Ryan is not the same Matt Ryan that – Went to a Super Bowl a few years ago, JP. That's an excellent point. I'm just saying. He's been there for a long time. And right. It's, you got to have that move. Now, but then there's a lot of other teams that are kind of waiting to see what happens with Deshaun yeah. Watson because then, okay, what, what's going to happen? And I know Baker Mayfield. There's still a question mark there with ba- Baker Mayfield. He's in his own feelings, it sounds what's, like, now after that meeting the other day. What's going to happen in Cleveland? What's going to happen in Seattle? What's going to happen in New Orleans? What's going to happen in Atlanta? There's a lot of questions. Indianapolis. What's going to happen in Indianapolis? Mm. Uh, the, the Washington Commanders end up getting a guy that I wouldn't have given up anything. I got it right this time. Thank you very <laughs> much. You and I did not say to get it, but yes. the R word or Washington football team. I'm proud of myself. Way to go. go. Way to go. Did you see, by the way, did you see what Carson Wentz was wearing at his press conference? Yeah, it looked terrible. <laughs> He's wearing a, a, a burgundy suit with a yellow shirt, and it looked terrible. Because let me tell you, I have fashion sense like no other. Okay, I mean, look at me, what I wear all the time. So I, I I'm really, I can judge. You this, know what it okay? reminded? It reminded me of Keenan McCardell. Really? Keenan, Keenan used to dress outlandish back in the day, and uh, and he would laugh at it if he were here. So I'm not saying anything that I wouldn't tell him. But uh, but he was always a, a guy that that wore very bright colors and different colors. And uh, but yeah, it was when I saw the suit, I'm like, dude, that uh, yeah, you might want to just kind of wear something neutral, and show up to your press conference and uh, be a little bit more reserved. Let's go through a few other teams that have brought in a haul in this time frame here, at least via trade or by free agency. Uh, the Bills get Von Miller, six years, one hundred twenty million dollars for Von. Six years? Yeah. He's like. 33 years old, 34 years old. He's going to be about 38 running around chasing people if he can keep it up. He can still play. 
can still play, but he doesn't. He doesn't. The one thing that I've watched with Von Miller is that he doesn't play every down. He takes certain plays off, and but he's still a, an exceptional pass rusher. He still can have an impact with with Buffalo, and I think he will provide some great leadership. But again, most of these contracts that you hear six years, a bazillion dollars, right? There is some more realistic year and number that's associated with that contract. And it might be two years and thirty-five million. I don't I don't know what that yeah. number is, but there's there's a more realistic number and a term to that contract than six years and whatever that number was. The AFC West was adding quarterbacks. They continue to add other players to that as well. The Broncos, of course, got Russell Wilson via the trade. They signed Randy Gregory for five years, $70 million. The Chargers get wide Risky, receiver. by the way. Yeah, uh, wide receiver Mike Williams goes to the Chargers. They got Khalil Mack in L.A. as well. I mean, that that's carnage. That whole division is going to be a, a just murderer's row. Well, Khalil Mack has familiarity with the head coach there. They, uh, when Khalil Mack first went to Chicago, the head coach now in L.A. was his coach in Chicago. So the, there's a lot, lot of familiarity there. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's definitely been a very different free agent period. I think it's been one that's been very exciting, and, and particularly for this football team. But I think league, league wide, I mean that's why this league is king, because it. And I remember, I'll never forget this. You go all the way back to when the NFL only had Plan B. And uh, they were talking about going to unrestricted free agency. And I was having a conversation with our head coach at the time in New York, which was Bruce Coslett. And I said, Bruce, I said, I'm just telling you, when we get free agency, I said, it's going to make the, the interest in the sport just go through the roof. And he said, ah, it's going to be bad for the game and <laughs> this and that. And, I mean, really think about it. I mean, how many times was the National Football League talked about in March no. before free agency started no. in the 90s? No. When talked about? No. And so it's created a lot of interest, and it's given everybody hope because if you got a bad football team, okay, and we've been a bad football team the last couple of years here. Yes. Okay, but we still have hope because we just acquired seven guys in free agency that can help this football team win that are proven players. And then you got 12 draft picks to add to, and that's the beauty of the National Football League. You can always improve your football team if you do things the right way, and hopefully this football team – has taken some steps and doing it the right way. And I believe that with these free agents and the way that they um, have from a character standpoint, I think it's a great first step. We say goodbye to Miles Jack. He's going to the Steelers. Andrew Norwell to Washington. DJ Chark to the Lions. Our thanks to Brandon Sheriff for joining us in studio today. And Blake Stewart on the video side. Joe Fortunato on the audio side. For Jeff Lagerman, I'm J.P. Shadrick. And we'll catch you next time. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.